Welcome, everyone, to the Fantasy Professionals Football Podcast, part of the Sports Pros Network, where we're always talking sports. So let's start the conversation. I'm your host, Keith Needham, and I'm joined in studio, as always, by my co-host and good buddy, the Fantasy Professional himself, Jeremy Butterball Van Curen. Butter, how are we doing this evening, bud? I'm doing great, man. Well, what do you think? Uh, you know, we got we got week three of the NFL kicking off uh, this weekend. We got a Thursday night game tomorrow night, uh, the Battle of Florida with the uh, the Dolphins and Jags, and we'll we'll get into all of it. But uh, just uh, your overall thoughts about the NFL action through the first two weeks, Butter? I mean, it's been exciting to watch um, this week in particular. I mean, it seemed like there was a lot of injuries, though. Yeah, a lot of injuries and a lot of wild finishes, which we'll get to uh, all on this podcast uh, here this evening. But you know, before we really get started, Butter, as always, it's important that we show some love to our sponsor, and that's Chalk Sports Bar. So Chalk is Oklahoma City's premier luxury sports bar located in Chisholm Creek Plaza at 1324 West Memorial Road. Follow Ben, Chad, and the whole Chalk team on the web at chalkokc.com or follow them on Twitter and Instagram at chalkokc. It's the best damn sports bar in Oklahoma, and there's no better place to have a conversation about the NFL and watch all the action on Sundays. Always the favorite, that's Chalk Luxury Sports Bar. The best damn sports bar, period. Period, ladies and gentlemen. So, well, Butter, we we alluded to it here in the intro, the bad news, man. So we had good news last week in that uh, the NFL protocols seemed to be working from a COVID standpoint. The bad news this week, I mean, golly, the takeaway has to be devastating injuries and in devastating injuries to marquee players for sure fantasy impacts across the board here but you know I think we probably have to start off at the top with uh, Saquon Barkley uh, New York Giants running back uh, super stud probably you know arguably you know a top three pick in most fantasy drafts uh, that took place a couple of weeks ago uh, tough injury there it is a torn ACL he's going to be done for the year but Man, what does this do to fantasy uh, owners, Butter? But more importantly, what does it do to that Giants offense moving forward? Well, I mean, it's going to look a lot different. I mean, Daniel Jones, I mean, doesn't have Saquon Barkley to hand the ball off or doesn't have him to catch balls out of the backfield. Uh, I mean, he's done for the year. I mean, I mean, ACL injuries, I mean, it's going to take it's going to take time. I mean, who knows next year, I mean, if he's going to be back 100% or if it's going to um, – if he'll have – if he'll have problems or if it'll linger on. Uh, from a fantasy standpoint, um, I mean, the, the Giants, they have Dion Lewis, I mean, who, who has been kind of a, a back, who was a back for the uh, Patriots and the, uh, the Titans. Uh, they also have Wayne Gallman, and they signed uh, Devontae Freeman, who was a workhorse with his the time Falcons, in the right? Falcons, yeah. yes. Yeah. And I believe uh, three or four years ago, I mean, he was actually tied with, uh, I believe it was David Johnson, for the league for rushing touchdowns. so Yeah, you expect that that might be a running back by committee with all those guys that you mentioned because it would be, be tough for one of those guys to shoulder the load um, that uh, that Saquon performed and carried for that uh, that Giants offense. You know, well, one thing, you know, taking handoffs, but he was so involved in the passing game as well. And so, yeah, just a, a huge loss there for, for the Giants and then a huge loss uh, for fantasy owners as well. And so, obviously, wish uh, Saquon the best and uh, a speedy recovery on that point. But – you know, going to the other side of the ball, but sticking with ACL injuries, Butter, you know, another huge injury was that of the 49ers defensive end, um, Nick Bosa, uh, ACL tear for him as well. He's going to miss the season. And, you know, obviously not as big from a fantasy perspective uh, whenever we think about, you know, being on the defense. Now, if you're in an IDP league, right, an individual uh, defensive league, then that uh, that could be a big blow there. But still a huge loss. And, and that 49ers team, you know, bless their hearts, they've been snake bit, Butter, ever since the season started. And we talked about it in the premiere episode about that hangover that oftentimes Super Bowl team, teams that get to the Super Bowl but don't win – you know they they just seem to have a hangover carrying into the uh, the next season, but man, it seems prominent for the 49ers uh, for sure. And obviously, their biggest star on defense goes down and is out for the year as well. But your your thoughts on this one, Butter? Yeah, I mean they they've definitely been snake bitten by the injury bug this year already. Uh, I mean you've got uh, Nick Bosa, I mean which looked like a very very bad painful uh, ACL injury. I mean I've seen the replays on it, and I mean it it did not look good at all. I mean it was. It was a, a a bad a bad bad sprain, um, you know. I mean, they also have uh, which he was supposed to be the leader of that Forty uh, Nine defense, which was so good last year. You know, I mean, if uh, if the Forty ers win the Super Bowl last year, he's probably hands down the MVP. You know, so I mean, it's just a big loss. Uh, it's a big loss for them, and like I said, we'll get into some other Forty Nine er injuries later on 
down the line. Yeah, well, let's get into it right now, Butter. So we, we go with the other side of the ball, but the quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, he goes out with a high ankle sprain this past weekend. Uh, a lot of reports that are kind of talking that he might be available on Sunday. There could be an outside chance that he plays, but you know, we know that those high ankle sprains tend to linger, and, and usually it's going to take more than one week to kind of come back and have any mobility um, that uh, that you, a quarterback could play with for sure. Uh, you know, perhaps Nick Mullins, the uh, the backup there, might be the guy that gets the start for the 49ers this weekend. But uh, Garoppolo, he has his moments from a fantasy standpoint, right? That that 49er offense is kind of built around the run. Uh, no doubt there, but um, a lot of play action passes from time to time. But even then, before he went down with an ankle injury, he was missing some of his top targets, right? I think you know, maybe Debo Samuel, right, was already out, yes. I think, from last week. And so, again, 40, uh, and, 49ers and, just snake bit. And Kittle is out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about that last week. I think uh, uh, the running back, uh, uh, Mostert, as well, I think, is injured uh, this past week as well. So, man, just a, a crazy, crazy uh, slew of injuries for the 49ers right now. But any, any thoughts on Garoppolo, at quarterback for the Niners, Butter? Well, I will say this. I mean, uh, Garoppolo. I mean, he looked really, really tough. I mean, he didn't look didn't look sound throwing the ball. Like I said, uh, he uh, he was definitely you could definitely tell he was limping around and just definitely just in some pain. But I mean, he did he did try to finish the game. Uh, like I said, I mean, a high ankle sprain. I mean, it could could last a couple weeks. I mean, it could last them all season. I mean, just depends on. Uh, how well it heals. Uh, but like I said, I mean, the 49ers have definitely just been with a slew of injuries. I mean, they're, they're top, top, top players. I mean, offensively and defensively. I mean, whenever they line up Sunday, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to look a lot different, uh, a lot different than what it did on Sunday. I mean, uh, you got Jordan Reed, who's going to be filling in for, uh, for George Kittle. And then you've got uh, Nick Mullins, who actually, who actually has some NFL starts under his belt? Um, who's going to take over? So, yeah, and, and you know, if Saquon Barkley wasn't your first overall pick in your fantasy draft uh, a couple weeks ago, then it might have been this guy, Christian McCaffrey. But he's out with a high ankle sprain as well, butter, and so his his seems to be a little more serious. So, uh, and obviously, as a running back position, you're going to rely upon that ankle for cuts. Uh, in plant purposes, uh, maybe even more so than the quarterback position, but he he seems like he's going to be out for at least two to three weeks, uh, maybe a, maybe a little longer, right? So uh, just depending upon how how quickly they can get that ankle to heal. But again, a devastating blow for fantasy owners, a devastating blow for that Carolina Panther franchise. Uh, but your your thoughts on CMC's uh, ankle injury and how long he's going to be out, Butter? Well, see, I'm reading four to six weeks, uh, but you know, I mean, that might not be accurate. I mean, but that's what I've that's what I researched, and that's what uh, that's what they were saying was four to six weeks. Mike Davis will take over um, as a running back for Carolina, but I mean it's going to look a whole lot different. I mean, uh, Mike Davis and McCaffrey. I mean, they're not the same caliber of player. I mean, McCaffrey. I mean, he's a do-it-all running back. I mean, he can uh, he, he he runs the ball hard. Like after he if they hand the ball off to him, I mean, he can uh, do like the the pitch out, and then he's also a heck of a receiver, I mean, uh, where he's one of the top targets in that offense. So, I mean, it's a tremendous, tremendous blow for um, a young NFL coach in Matt Rule and a first-year quarterback uh, for the Carolina Panthers and Teddy Bridgewater. Um, that that offense is built around McCaffrey. I mean, it, it was built around McCaffrey whenever Newton was there. I mean, they had a lot of – He's a focal point of that offense. So, I mean, that's just a tremendous, tremendous blow for them. Yeah, and we talk about the 49ers being a team that's snake bit with injuries thus far through the first two weeks, but the, the Denver Broncos are in the same boat as well. So, both quarterback Drew Locke uh, with a sprained uh, throwing shoulder and then top receiver Cortland Sutland, um, for wide receiver for the uh, Denver Broncos. He's out with a torn ACL as well. And so, obviously, Sutton's out for the entire year. Uh, the word on Locke is that it's probably, again, four to six weeks uh, with that sprained uh, throwing shoulder as well. But, you know, the Broncos had, had kind of struggled through the first two weeks to begin with. And so, man, it uh, doesn't look like it's going to get any better for Denver moving forward as well. But uh, any thoughts on this one, uh, Butter, from a fantasy perspective uh, with Drew Locke and Cortland Sutton, uh, Sutton going out for the Broncos? Well, with Cortland Sutton going out, uh, I figure that the the Broncos will try to rely he- more heavily, like on their. They drafted uh, two wide receivers in Jerry Judy from Alabama and KJ Hamler. So I mean, I figure that they'll get uh, more touches and get to see the field more uh, since he's gone. They also have a really good tight end in Noah Fant, 
the problem is uh, I, I'm reading that uh, Drew Locke will be out at least two weeks. Uh, their backup right now is actually Jeff Driscoll. And they signed uh, Blake Bortles. Uh, yeah, for the Jaguar, former Jaguars yes. quarterback. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, neither one of those quarterbacks. I that mean, does doesn't get you excited for fantasy does not purposes. Really get you excited? Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> that's fair. Uh, I, I would say that the Denver Broncos probably run the ball with Melvin Gordon <laughs> uh, until they until they can get their quarterback. Uh, lined up and lined out. <laughs> well, another big receiver that went down with an injury on Sunday, Butter, was that of Devontae Adams of the Green Bay Packers. And so a big big target for Aaron Rodgers there. Uh, hamstring injury for Devontae Adams. And so uh, still uncertain as to how much time he may miss. Uh, again, hamstrings, again, another one of those injuries that's kind of iffy, right? So kind of a soft tissue thing. You don't know how long it's going to take. Maybe you're back in two weeks. Uh, maybe it lingers for the entire season there. But uh, a big blow to that Packers offense that has come out of the gate smoking through the first two weeks, you know, both throwing and running the ball with uh, uh, Aaron Jones uh, uh, as well. But um, big loss for the Packers and Aaron Rodgers there and, and Devontae Adams. Uh, I will say this, I mean, as a, as far as a fantasy standpoint, uh, I'm glad I do not have Devontae Adams uh, on my team with the hamstring injury because every time that I have had a player on my roster with the hamstring injury, it seems like I have the worst luck. It lingers on for the entire year, and you don't know what he's going to do from week to week. And he ends up being kind of more of a, a pain in the ass, if you will, on your roster than a significant player just because a hamstring injury it can be minor or it can be really really bad <laughs> so um but like like you said i mean the, the packers offense has looked pretty pretty powerful in the first two weeks of the season yeah absolutely so it'd be interesting to see what impact if any uh, that has on Aaron Rodgers and that Packers offense moving forward. Well, news came out earlier today, Butter, that uh, a first-round draft pick for the Eagles, Jalen Rager, uh, he goes on the IR with a thumb injury as well. And so, uh, again, uh, the Eagles off to a slow start. We'll we'll talk about them a little bit later on uh, in the pod. But, uh, you know, it doesn't doesn't help Carson Wentz's uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, cause moving forward when one of his uh, brand-new toys, right, their, their top uh, wide receiver draft pick, I think it may be 20, 24th overall, 25th overall, overall uh, in, uh, in this year's draft uh, goes out uh, with a thumb injury and he's going to be out for uh, several weeks there as well but uh, uh, probably one that has has a little bit of a fantasy impact uh, there with uh, with Rager I know a lot of guys were high on him and his usage rate uh, in that Eagles offense going into drafts a couple weeks ago butter but uh, thoughts on that TCU product Jalen Rager going down with an injury I mean it's definitely a, a, a bad blow I mean the the Eagles I mean I you know they were in the Super Bowl a couple years ago, and to me, I mean, they, to me, they just don't look like they've have regained that confidence and have looked like they haven't looked like the same team of a couple years ago. So definitely, they're going to have to probably rely on their other receivers. I mean, definitely, they've got they've got two tight ends. I mean, they've got Dallas Godair and they've got Zach Ertz, who who will see some touches, but I expect them to uh, to run the ball with Miles Sanders more. And rely on their running game. Yep, I I, I agree with that. Uh, I think they're going to have to turn and run the ball, man. That's for sure. So, well, one of the perhaps the the wildest injury stories that came out uh, later today, Butter, was that of Tyrod Taylor, the Chargers, uh, Los Angeles Chargers starting quarterback. You know, he missed Sunday's game, and Justin uh, Herbert got his first start, uh, the uh, the top draft pick for the Chargers. Uh, this weekend against the Chiefs and, and played pretty well, played pretty admirably, uh, given that it sounded like he didn't know he was going to start until a few minutes before the game. But the reports came out earlier today, Butter, that the team doctor was giving him an injection for a cracked rib, kind of a painkiller, I assume, uh, some sort of local anesthetic uh, to kind of help him get through the game. And I guess the needle went too deep and it punctured his lung, but a crazy story there with uh, with Tyrod Taylor. So questions obviously there as to whether he's going to be available. Um, uh, head coach, uh, the head coach uh, for the Chargers has been adamant that he's going to uh, um, be the starting quarterback when he comes back and when he's ready and stuff. And so so maybe they're not ready to turn the keys over uh, to Herbert just yet. But a crazy story there with a punctured lung uh, getting an injection for a, for a rib injury going into that game this past weekend against the Chiefs, Butter. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that um, Herbert looked good uh, in his relief effort. You know, I mean, 
the injury to Tyrod Taylor, would you consider that a non-contact injury? Or I mean, how, how I do you know. classify that? Yeah, we, we have it listed here on, on our outline uh, for our listeners is that Tyrod Taylor, team doctor, <laughs> in parentheses, that was the uh, the injury there. But uh, I, I think they might shy away from having him work on him again. Yeah, that, I mean, that's that's terrifying, right? So, I mean, uh, yeah, a cracked rib. I mean, obviously uh, an injury that, uh, that quarterbacks get from time to time, taking those big shots back in the pocket and, you know, getting some sort of a, a local anesthetic to kind of go out there and kind of deal with it from a pain standpoint not not something that prevents you from playing but it's more of a pain tolerance thing but yeah I mean if the, if the needle needle goes through your ribs and into your lung that that's a problem and so obviously that sounds like what's happened and so will be interesting to kind of follow that development and see what happens to that team doctor a doctor obviously you assume it's it's a it's a you know tragic uh, or not tragic but but a, but a terrible accident I mean he wasn't trying to do that but man yeah kind of a kind of a scary uh, uh, spooky report there uh, as that uh, that news kind of unfolded uh, earlier this afternoon for sure so well butter that's the bad news. I'm done talking about injuries and all this ugly stuff, man. Let's get some positive energy going here. And let's go back and review some of the wild finishes, some high-scoring, crazy finishes to games this weekend. And, man, to get the positive energy going, Butter, we got to start with our team, the Dallas Cowboys, an improbable comeback victory. The Cowboys win 40-39, to but, but the final score does not encapsulate, doesn't even begin to encapsulate the craziness of this game, butter. So the the Falcons jump out to a twenty to nothing first quarter lead. The the Cowboys have a couple of fumbles and just stupid turnovers. Uh, and the Cowboys start chipping away. But I mean, <laughs> walk us through this game, butter. How the hell did the Cowboys come back and win this thing? Well, I mean, uh, the Cowboys looked terrible to start out the game. I mean, uh, the Falcons jumped out to a twenty nothing lead. I mean, courtesy of a, a Dak and uh, Ezekiel Elliott fumbles, which they, they lost both of them, and they were able to capitalize off those turnovers. You know, I mean, a lot of people probably turned the TV off after 20 to nothing because it looked like it was going to be a blowout. And, uh, I mean, the the Cowboys ended up fighting tooth and nail to get back in this game. Um, Dak Prescott, I mean, I think he ended up having three rushing touchdowns. Um, C.D. Lamb, Six uh, six receptions for 106 yards. I mean, he looked really good. Ezekiel Elliott, I mean, held on to the ball uh, later in the game and and finally was able to get his touches and had a had a, a pretty decent game. And then um, the Cowboys were actually able to come up with some stops, which you know, I mean, the the first three drives of the game, I mean, that they didn't look like they could stop anybody. They finally ended up um, kind of getting some sort of scheme on defense where they could slow down the uh, the Falcons' offense, which the Falcons, man, I mean, their offense looks good. I mean, the two, the three, the two games that they've played, the two games that they've lost, I mean, their offense can score some points. It's the defensive side of the ball that look like uh, that they don't know what they're doing, which is, which is kind of bad because they have a high-powered offense. But, um, and this goes back to, this goes back to what we're going to talk about later on in the show, but um, the onside kick was definitely a pivotal point in the game where the Cowboys were going after the ball and the Falcons players let it roll 10 yards, which the defensive team or the kicking team can't touch it before it goes 10 yards, or they they can't touch it before it goes 10 yards, but the team that is receiving can. So, I mean, that's a little league, if you will, uh, fundamental of football to know that. And they look completely, completely lost. Yeah, that, that onside kick, it was an interesting onside kick too. So, you know, Zerline, there, there was no tee, right? He just set it on the ground, on the turf, and kind of kicked the side of the ball. They're calling it a it, watermelon kick. Yeah, yeah, and gave it this crazy spin. And so it kind of curled around. And you're right. I mean, the Falcons players, there were two or three guys right around the ball. They were just like, frozen like they were standing and watching it and then as soon as the ball crossed that 10 yard mark you know the Cowboys guys pounced on it and it was only then kind of the Falcons guys kind of reacted and it was obviously too late but just an absolutely crazy finish and then obviously a few plays later a big completion from a Dak Prescott to our guy C.D. Lamb uh, picks up a you know 15 20 yards gets out of bounds and and really kind of sets the Cowboys up in field goal range right there Uh, they run the ball to to, uh, Zeke a couple of times to set it up in the middle of field Zerline comes on Kicks the the game winning kick uh, as time expires. The Cowboys somehow come back and win this game forty to thirty nine. But yeah, just 
uh, an improbable, improbable come-from-behind victory there. But, you know, the Cowboys, it, it did. Something happened, a switch seemed to flip uh, at halftime, and uh, and they really started to kind of, you know, figure some things out for sure. And so maybe that bodes well. They're going to need it, right, because they take on the Seahawks this week, and we'll talk more about that game here in a moment. But uh, crazy finish there. But, you know, speaking of crazy finishes, Butter, you know, the Sunday night game, the uh, the Patriots and the Seahawks, uh, that was a really fun game to watch there. The Seahawks win the game 35-30, to um, and it's just something about these two teams, about you know the ball being on the one-yard line towards the end of the game uh, and it coming down to some drama as to how it's going to be decided. But uh, uh, Seahawks end up with a, with a big stop there. They win the game 35-30, but your thoughts on this game from Sunday night, Butter. It, the game lived up to the hype. It was a great game to watch. Well, I mean, uh, if you watch that game, like which I did, uh, I watched the majority of it. First possession for the Seahawks, they're moving the ball, and then the next thing you know, uh, Russell Wilson throws an interception, and uh, the Patriots take it 50 yards to the house. And so, I mean, it looks kind of looks like, well, I mean, that's going to be the uh, – the Patriots definitely have the momentum of the game, and, I mean, it looks like, you know, I mean, that they could possibly dominate on defense. Well, that was not the case. I mean, the Seahawks come right back. They go score. And then it was just a – I mean, it was like a heavyweight fight the rest of the game. I mean um, – Newton was really, really good. Uh, yeah, I was very the, impressed with his passing. Yes, absolutely. I mean, yeah. over 400 yards total offense, three touchdowns, like two rushing touchdowns and the passing touchdown. Yeah. Uh, Russell Wilson, 288 yards and five touchdowns. I mean, it definitely lived up to its height. Um, both of these players are going to be uh, fantasy quarterbacks that actually – the Dak Prescott, Cam Newton, Russell Wilson – you need to have them on your roster. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's that's how you win fantasy championships is having having good quarterback play. And these three quarterbacks have done it. I mean, to start the first two games of the year. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 that, that was a fun game to watch. Excellent quarterback play. Excellent play all around. Again, kind of an exciting uh, finish to the game there with the with the goal line stop as well. So so a lot of fun in that game. But uh, you know another game wasn't quite as high scoring, butter butter, but it went to overtime and it was just as exciting. We alluded to it earlier. Uh, uh, Justin Herbert gets an impromptu start, his uh, NFL debut, and the Chargers uh, host the uh, defending Super Bowl champion uh, Kansas City Chiefs. And credit to the Chargers, man, they they really kept a handle on that Chiefs offense for three and a half quarters. And just like in the Super Bowl, you know, uh, Mahomes and that Chiefs offense turns it on whenever they need to. They come back and tie the game at 20-20. to The game goes into overtime. uh, And then Chiefs kicker Harrison Butker kicks a 58-yarder uh, in overtime to win the game at the uh, the new SoFi Stadium there uh, for the Chargers. That was their opening game. The Rams obviously debuted the week before against our Cowboys and won. But uh, uh, gritty performance by the Chargers for sure, especially in, a uh, again, Herbert's uh, uh, debut as a rookie quarterback. But your thoughts on that game, Butter? Fun to watch. Didn't exactly go the way that we thought it did, although the Chiefs were still able to get the win. But uh, fun, fun game to watch there. Yeah, I mean, I thought a lot of people thought that uh, Kansas City would probably just go in there and uh, and wax them. But it wasn't the case. I mean, uh, Mahomes had a had a great day. I mean, he had 300 yards passing, 54 yards rushing, and two touchdowns. But then uh, the rookie quarterback, uh, Justin Herbert, had 311 yards passing with uh, two touchdowns. One was a rush, one was a pass. Uh, I mean, it was kind of a, a dogfight as well. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, in the NFL, 20 points – through four quarters is not a lot of points. You know, I mean, that's uh, basically three touchdowns. Uh, But it was definitely an exciting game to watch. I mean, I honestly thought that the Chargers were going to find a way to pull it out. But, uh, you know, I mean, the Chiefs have been there. They know how to win close games. They figure out ways to win. So, I mean, hats off to the Chargers for playing them a a really good game. I mean, the Chargers are – they got a young quarterback. I mean, the Chargers aren't necessarily – they don't have uh, the playmakers like the Chiefs have. So, I mean, but they held them pretty much three and a half quarters and, I mean, sent the game into overtime, and uh, it just didn't go their way. Yeah, it's amazing. That Chiefs offense, we saw them do it, you know, down the stretch last year and all throughout the playoffs. To, they, they fall behind uh, and, and dig themselves in a hole, and then they can just – 
flip a switch and it's like it's just amazing it's just an avalanche of yards and points after that and so they they almost waited too late to flip the switch uh, Sunday against the Chargers here but uh, able to get it done win the game in overtime big kick by Butker um, again, uh, impressive, impressive performance down the stretch there uh, by the Chiefs to pull that win out. But there you were know, some other close games, butter that that we won't we won't necessarily go into as quite uh, in depth. But you know, your Bills, uh, a team that you like this weekend, they they hold on and and squeak out a close win against the Dolphins, a thirty-one twenty-eight there. Titans thirty-three to thirty over the Jags. Um, you know the Thursday night game. We didn't even talk about that. You know the Browns thirty-five uh, thirty there. That game not quite as close as uh, the Bengals get a, a late touchdown there to kind of cover the spread and make that one look a little closer. But again, a lot of points. Um, certainly seems like the over has been the play through the first two weeks. Uh, the Rams big win over the Eagles thirty-seven to nineteen. Steelers um, hold off against the Broncos. We mentioned uh, Drew Locke and Cortland Sutton. Uh, Sutton the injuries there twenty-six uh, twenty-one. Uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks bounce back uh, a win over the Panthers thirty-one uh, seventeen. And then our guy Kyler Murray has the Arizona Cardinals two and zero out in the uh, NFC West. Butter they beat the uh, Washington football team thirty to fifteen. And then the Ravens. Uh, head down to Houston and beat up on the Texans, thirty-three to sixteen. There, uh, any any other games kind of stand out to you, Butter, for for these other games that uh, uh, were close finishes, uh, uh, some of them. But uh, uh, any games from week two that stand out to you that you want to uh, mention a couple of times? I mean, I would say that uh, the upset of the week, I would think, would probably be the Raiders versus the Saints. Um, yeah, Monday Night Football. They just, uh, I mean, the Saints got out to a ten nothing lead, and then. The rest of the way, I mean, they could not stop the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders, uh, Derek Carr threw the ball to Waller all over the field. Uh, Josh Jacobs was able to run. One player that I thought that I said would have a big fantasy game last week was Emmanuel Sanders, and I don't even know if he even had a catch. The Raiders just, I mean, they outplayed the Saints, and uh, hats off to them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, we talk about the new stadiums, right? The the Raiders were were opening up their new Allegiant Stadium there in Las Vegas, and and some of the picks there uh, and the shots on the Monday Night Football coverage was really really cool. That stadium is is really awesome as well. Kind of down there on the uh, south end of the Strip, uh, uh, close to Mandalay Bay, uh, just off the west side of the Strip. But uh, uh, they open it up in 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 big fashion, and the Raiders surprisingly they're two and zero. Uh, in the AFC West, and so maybe it's uh, going to be the Raiders and the Chiefs uh, battling it out uh, for that AFC West division this year. So, uh, uh, but yeah, Derek Carr he looks really good. So again, three uh, uh, three touchdowns and uh, uh, kind of led led that Raiders team back after falling in a quick hole and um, the Saints jumping out to a quick 10 10 nothing lead for for sure. But well, butter one of the things that we want to talk about talk about two and O teams, but you know we wanted to kind of uh, take a moment to talk about some of these teams that are O and two. Uh, and perhaps 0-2 and, and underperforming for sure. And so two weeks into the NFL season, probably too early to for NFL teams to be making any moves right now. But I think there are some teams that are in trouble and some coaches that are on the hot seat uh, that we want to talk a little bit about here. But you know, I think we have to start with the uh, the Jets and Adam Gase. That, that team looks bad through the first two weeks. I think that's the only way to describe their performance uh, through, through week two. Again, uh, they get beat up by a – you know, heavily injured 49ers team this past week, 31-13. They get thumped by the Bills, I think, in week one. Uh, do you see any reprieve for the Jets here? Any way that they get out of this hole and any way that Gase keeps his job this year, Butter? I don't think that they get out of the hole. Um, but I also, to Adam Gase's defense, I mean, he has had uh, some some injuries. I mean, they've had the injury bug as well. Jamison Crowder was out. Uh, Le'Veon Bell has been out. Yeah, I think Jamison Crowder was one of my fantasy picks for the for the week, and yes. he didn't even play. Yeah. I, I think that news posted right before we recorded last week, so it makes me look stupid. And, and then then you have a young quarterback, which uh, Sam Darnold. I mean, he is still still struggling, still trying to uh, figure out how to be a good NFL quarterback. But I mean, whenever you don't have elite players to make plays, I mean, it's hard for a a young quarterback to to uh, to be able to make plays for himself, I mean, whenever he doesn't have, you know, I mean, an all-pro running back or all-pro receiver to throw to, I mean, whenever you have guys that are injured, I mean, it, it takes a toll on your quarterback because, uh, I mean, I think the leading receiver for the Jets was Chris Hogan, uh, who was originally with the Patriots. I mean, yeah, that's right. 
Yeah, yeah, kind of a, a not necessarily a surprising start for the Jets for sure. But you mentioned it; they they just where where's the offensive firepower going to come from, right? So obviously with Le'Veon Bell going down injured, that's a big loss. And you mentioned Jamison Crowder. Uh, I don't think that's a long term thing. I think he he might be back this week, uh, so far as I understand. But uh, but missing week two and. You wonder where the offense is going to come from, and you hope that they can get it turned around uh, for Jets fans' sake and then also for, for Gase's sake for sure. But, um, you know, another team that made some controversial moves in the offseason, so probably under a microscope to a certain degree, but that's that's Bill O'Brien and the Houston Texans, Butter. So, obviously, the offseason trade of, uh, of DeAndre Hopkins to the Cardinals uh, in exchange for uh, um, uh, Johnson there at running back uh, in some other draft picks as well that kind of went back and forth as part of that deal. But Hopkins has looked incredible for the Cardinals and looks like a great fit there. Uh, Johnson it had it didn't have a great performance this past week and only had 34 yards rushing against that uh, tough Ravens defense. But, you know, more importantly, the Texans are 0-2. Now, the opening slate are at the Chiefs and at home to the Ravens, which arguably are the two best teams in the AFC. So, you know, maybe we're overreacting here a little bit, but you'd have to think that the heat gets cranked up just a little bit on Bill O'Brien, uh, given that he was under a microscope going into this season already. But your thoughts on O'Brien and the Texans, Butter? Oh, I would say he's definitely on the hot seat as the GM. I mean, because uh, he is actually a GM slash head coach. And the moves that uh, he made during the offseason, yeah, you get uh, Johnson – but you give away all pro receiver DeAndre Hopkins, who's I mean is going to be a great fit for Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. That move has not worked out well for him. Uh, his receivers, I mean, he really they really do not have a go to wide receiver like they had with DeAndre Hopkins. I would say his GM duties definitely need to be relinquished. I mean, uh, get somebody in there that's going to uh, let him coach the football team, let him be the head coach, but. Get somebody in there that can uh, make personnel moves. I mean, because the DeAndre Hopkins move is making him look really dumb right now. Yeah, and the schedule makers did not do the Texans any favors because, man, it doesn't get any easier this weekend. They have to travel to Pittsburgh uh, to take on a 2-0 and uh, Steelers and Big Ben. Uh, in a tough defense uh, up in Pittsburgh as well, so you would you would have to think that they that they're going to need to avoid an zero and three start, butter. But uh, we'll we'll see what happens uh, on that front as well. But you know, well, next guy on the list that we have is uh, the Detroit Lions and Matt Patricia uh, again, a Bill uh, Bill Belichick disciple. A lot of buzz about him being kind of a defensive guru whenever he left there to go to the Lions, um, and the defense certainly didn't play out well for him this past week. Uh, butter the Packers put forty two on them, uh, beat them forty two to twenty one, but they're zero and two. And, and more importantly, they've lost two divisional games, right? So they lose to the Bears in week one. Again, a game that arguably they, they may, may have should have won, probably should have won, right? So at, uh, DeAndre Swift catches that uh, that will route in the back of the end zone uh, at the end of regulation there. But they're 0-2. They're down two games in the division already. Um, you would have to think that, that the heat is starting to get cranked up on Matt Patricia in Detroit. Uh, but your thoughts on that one, Butter? I think that the heat is probably cranked up, but – I also, I'm a, I like Matt Patricia. Uh, I think he needs more time. Uh, for one, I mean, the Lions really not, not are, they're not accustomed to having a winning tradition. Yeah, our uh, guy Barrett knows that. He's been a Lions fan all of his life, and <laughs> he's been a, yeah, a long-suffering so, uh, Lions fan. I mean, I, I think they need to give him more time. Maybe year three, year four, and, I mean, if he's not producing by then, um then maybe it's time to make make a move, but I mean, like I said, I just I don't think that he's had enough time to to be able to turn that program around. Which you know, I mean, the expectations, like I said, they don't don't have a winning tradition. Like you know, I mean, let's say like the Packers. I mean, uh, they're not one of those teams that have went to the playoffs year in and year out. Have not went to the playoffs probably three years in a row. Ever. So, I mean, it's just like their tradition is so much different than than other teams, you know. So, I mean, I think he I think he needs more time. Well, staying in the NFC North, butter, let, let's go to the, the Minnesota Vikings. An 0-2 start there. Mike Zimmer, uh, their head coach, former Cowboys defensive coordinator. And so we're somewhat familiar with him. It seems to be a, 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 a likable guy. Uh, a defensive coach there as well, kind of a, a defensive guru from that standpoint. But the Vikings, you know, again, stumble out to an 0-2 start. It was one thing to lose the shootout to the Packers in week one, right? So they, they look game in that, uh, that, that contest against the Packers and, and lose a close one there. But they looked awful this weekend against the Colts. The Colts win that game 28-11. to 
Um, and, and it was 28 to, to three, I believe. And I think they scored one late to kind of make it a little bit better than what it, what it was. Uh, my guy, Jonathan Taylor ran all over him hundred yards and a touchdown, uh, for the Colts there. But that, that Vikings offense, uh, just looked pitiful through the first three and a half quarters in that one against the, uh, the Colts. But, you know, your thoughts on the Vikes, butter, can they, can they turn it around with Kirk Cousins at quarterback? And, um, is the seat getting a little warm for Mike Zimmer up in Minnesota? I think right now his seat is probably safe. I think his offensive coordinator seat is probably really warm because they do not have an offensive identity right now. I mean, uh, they have Dalvin Cook uh, who can run the ball, but their passing has not been superb at all. Um, Kirk Cousins, I mean, just hasn't looked like himself. I mean, we're talking about a Vikings team that went to the playoffs last year. So, I mean – if they stumble this year, I mean, I at least think he gets another year. Then they'll probably make some uh, some moves as far as head coach. But I think you definitely need to start looking uh, at the offensive coordinator because the offensive coordinator position because their offense is not what it was last year. And I mean, they're definitely stumbling. Uh, the passing game does not look good at all. Yeah. Well. Well. Speaking of a team that's maybe the other. The other side of the coin has a great offense but a terrible defense, and we, we talked about them a little bit in the uh, the games that we highlighted, but that's the Atlanta Falcons and Dan Quinn. So uh, the offense looks to be pretty salty. They're putting up a ton of points, but, man, they're giving up a ton of points as well. And so uh, the Falcons you know, lose close games, shootouts to both the Seahawks and the Cowboys, which you know, arguably could be division winners when it's all said and done. So going back to our premier episode a couple weeks ago, Butter, you know, the Falcons were my team that I was going to pick as kind of my surprise team, right? I like them to cover um, the uh, the futures bet of seven and a half wins. I like them to, to make the playoffs uh, out of that tough NFC South division, but you know, not a great start for sure for the Falcons, although um, the offense shows signs of life. But, again, that debacle on that onside kick against our Cowboys on Sunday, I was texting some guys after that and was like, well, the only question is do you fire the coaching staff immediately or do you wait until Monday morning? But uh, that was a loss that was preventable for sure, uh, yeah, again, to our benefit being Cowboys fans. But your thoughts on the Falcons and, and head coach Dan Quinn there, Butter? I think Dan Quinn's time there is definitely running – he's definitely running out of time. Uh, I think in order to keep his job this year, in order to keep his job for the rest of the season, I mean, they're going to have to win some football games and they're going to have to get better on defense. They're giving up way too many points to, uh, to be able to, uh, to win football games. Um, I mean, their offense, I mean, I think that they've scored, um, 39 points versus the Cowboys and they scored 24, or 25 points the first week. So, I mean, in the NFL, I mean, 24, or 25 is not great, but it's definitely, you can definitely win some football games if you have a defense, which they do not. Uh, their defense has looked really, really, really sluggish and um, they don't make plays. They don't tackle very well. And their special teams, I mean, give me a break. I mean, uh, the special teams was God awful on the onside kick. Dan Quinn, if he wants to keep his job, uh, I think he's going to have to make some in-season changes to turn it around. I mean, whether that be special teams or whether that be defensive coordinator because uh, their problems are on defense. It's not on offense because they're scoring points right now. Yeah, you hate to you know say that a game comes down to one play or that one play is a fireable offense, but that onside kick that that's just brutal. That will be one that uh, uh, the, the the special teams players for the Falcons and more importantly the special teams coach uh, they'll they'll cringe at that and uh, see that in their nightmares for uh, uh, for many 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 years to come. Unfortunately, so but uh, well, better you know again injuries. We're talking about coaches getting fired. Let, let's let's get rid of this negative energy, man. So let's look ahead to week three in the NFL and let's start making some picks here. In uh, some highlight some games that uh, that we like and uh, some of the bigger games of the weekend, and then get into some fantasy picks as well. But uh, let's start it off as always Thursday night football. Right tomorrow night we have the Dolphins plus three at the Jaguars. So the Battle of Florida here. So obviously Tampa Bay will have some say in that at some point in the past or some point in the future as well, I should say. But um, Dolphins Jags. Uh, Dolphins zero and two. Jags surprisingly one and one, and we're game this weekend against the Titans. Uh, total on this one's forty eight. Jags minus three, but who do you like in this game, Butter? The old mustache versus the beard game, man. Uh, you got uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and then you got uh, Minshew at quarterback. Um, I mean, it's definitely going to be a a good game. I mean, uh, neither one of these teams really have a defense. So, I mean, I expect a lot of points uh, being scored. I mean, I like the over 
but I like the Jaguars to win. Okay, yeah, I mean you're right. The the facial hair of these quarterbacks this this is a this is an all timer here. So if one of these guys could have a man bun going, that would make it even better. I think it's the only thing we're missing. But uh, I'm with you. Um, uh, I I like the Dolphins in this one surprisingly better. I think they get off the Schneid. I think they win this game again. The, the Jags were my pick for uh, the the bottom feeder of the NFL this year. And hey, I I may be wrong because they've looked game in the first two weeks. Right, they beat my Colts team in Week One. Um, they were they were competitive against the Titans uh, in Week Two. But I think the Dolphins get off the Schneid this week. Uh, give me the Dolphins to win this one in a mild upset. I would say, even though the Jags are favored. Uh, just by a little bit by three at home. But uh, give me the Dolphins in this one. So uh, the Sunday game, looking ahead to the early games, right, the, the noon kickoff for our time, 1 o'clock Eastern, but the one I'm looking forward to most are a couple of 2-0 and o teams, and that being the Los Angeles Rams traveling across the country uh, to take on the Buffalo Bills, uh, who who look good through the first two weeks. Josh Allen, at quarterback, and um, they're stretching the field and throwing the ball downfield now. But who do you like in this one, Butter? Rams and Bills, uh, Buffalo minus two and the total in this one 47 right now but who do you like in this one i like the bills uh i think Allen's gonna have a, a great game i mean uh i think he's one of those quarterbacks that can that can run the ball can throw the ball uh makes the plays that he needs to make i mean he's one of those guys that um that's not afraid to uh tuck the ball and run uh but I, do i think i i think it's gonna i like the over uh in the bills versus the rams i mean the rams I think they're going to score some points. I think Jared Goff, I mean, he's a pretty good quarterback. Um, they'll come out and pass the ball. I like, uh, I like the tandem of him and Robert Woods. I mean, it's a pretty exciting to watch. I mean, we got to watch them versus the Cowboys, and, um, and they just made more plays than the Cowboys. But, like I said, I do like – I like the Bills and the over in this one because I think there's going to be – a lot of points scored. Okay, well, I like the Bills to cover as well, but I'm going to go the opposite with you on the total, butter. Give me the Bills and the under here. So I think this has got 20 to 17 written all over it. Uh, I think the defenses will play well. I think it'll be uh, stingy uh, uh, from, a, from a perspective, a game script perspective, but I do like the Bills to win this one and improve to 3-0. and uh, And again, I think the Rams... Um, you know, they they beat up on the Eagles last week. And, again, I think the Eagles are in trouble a little bit. They were my pick for, for you know, perhaps the most disappointing team uh, from a preseason expectation uh, this year. But uh, I'm not saying the Rams are an imposter just yet. I'm not ready to go out on that limb. I think they do have some talent. Uh, but I think the Bills I think the Bills are, are a real team in the AFC. And I think they're in that uh, slot right behind – uh, the Chiefs and the Ravens up there at the top, but we'll we'll talk about those two teams here in a moment. But uh, next game on the, uh, the the board, butter the Washington Football Team uh, traveling up to Cleveland to take on the Browns. Both these teams one and one. Uh, Cleveland a seven point favorite right now. The total in this one forty five. But who do you like in this one, Washington and Cleveland? I think the Browns are going to win, but I don't think they're going to cover. I think uh, I think it'll be a close game, kind of like the. The Browns versus the, the Bengals last week. I mean, I think it'll be, you know, three to five points. Uh, but in the end, I think Mayfield outduels Haskins and wins the ball game. Again, I, I I'm with you. I like Washington to cover this one in. I think it's going to come down to the wire. I think Washington may even win this game, but or so. But I, I think that defensive line from the uh, Washington will give Baker some trouble. Uh, you know what what made the Browns look so good Thursday night against the Bengals was the running game, yes. right? So they they ran the ball really really well with I Nick mean, Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and so I think so long as they can establish a running game and take some pressure off Baker early. Uh, I think that's going to be their best bet to to win this game. But I'm with you. I think Washington keeps this close. I like them to cover the spread. Uh, next game on the list, Butter, uh, speaking of the Bengals, we've got uh, Joe Burrow in Cincinnati uh, traveling over uh, to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. Both these teams 0-2. Maybe the Bengals not so surprising, right? So the expectations are they have the first pick, and so I, I think we, we we knew that Burrow would take some time to kind of uh, develop into uh, the quarterback that we all think that he's going to be. Uh, Eagles perhaps a little more surprising at 0-2. We talked about them getting beat up by the Rams uh, uh, this past week, but uh, – Kind of hard to say it's must-win territory for the Eagles, but I think it's must-win territory here. Eagles favored by five and a half as it stands right now. Total in this one, 46. Who do you like in this game, Butter? I like the Eagles in this game. I do say that uh, Carson Wentz, in order for them to win, is going to have to produce, which, I mean, he really hasn't produced like he should all year long. But I expect uh, Miles Sanders and the Eagles offense, when they are running the ball, to run all over the Bengals because uh, 
think about think back to last week uh, whenever the Bengals played the Browns. I mean, like you just said, Chubb and Hunt, I mean, had a field day with them. Uh, look good running the ball. And, I mean, uh, like I said, I expect Miles Sanders to, to have some big holes and to have a very good game. But, like I said, I like the Eagles in this one. I'm with you. I think the desperation kicks in for the Eagles. They, they can't go 0-3, and, uh, and and I think that they, they see this as a must-win, and I think that they will win and cover the spread. So, I like the Eagles as well. So, I think that's a good pick. So, uh, well, another big game. Again, two, two teams at the different end of the spectrum, and, and we alluded to it earlier, the 0-2 Texans traveling up to Pittsburgh to take on the 2-0 and Steelers. This has a little bit of a must-win feel for the Texans here, but Pittsburgh favored by four right now, Butter, and the total on this one's 45. Uh, who do you like in this? I, two teams that I think most people thought might be you know playoff contenders for sure or division uh, uh, contenders uh, perhaps, but uh, uh, Texans and Steelers, who do you like in this noon kickoff on Sunday? Um, I like the Texans in an upset. Um, I think that they're going to – I think that they're going to figure out – uh, some way to make some plays uh, to win this game. I mean, they've they've had a brutal schedule so far. I mean, um, had to, had to play against the Ravens last week, uh, but I think that the Texans uh, and Deshaun Watson figure out some way to win this football game. Like I said, I think if you say that there's a do or die situation, I mean, it's for Bill O'Brien and the Texans right now, and I think that they go to. I think this could be a trap game for Pittsburgh. That uh, you know, I mean, they're two and zero, but. I think the Texans figure out a way to win this game. I agree. I, I think that this is must win. I think the desperation kicks in. I think the Texans are too good to go zero and three, despite the fact that you know they're, again their starting slate: Chiefs, Ravens, Steelers. I mean that that's a that's about as tough a start as you can get, uh, certainly in the AFC. But I, I'm with you. I like the Texans to win this game uh, straight up, and uh, and I like them uh, uh, probably. I probably lean towards the over here. I think those two quarterbacks are t- pretty talented, and obviously the Steelers, their wide receiver. Uh, uh, a crew is is pretty talented as well, and so uh, I would lean towards the over here. But I do like the Texans to win the game and cover that spread, or win the game straight up, obviously. So maybe the money line's the way to go here. But um, go to the afternoon games, butter. We st- we kick off with our team, the three three uh, three o'clock kickoff, um, uh, three o'clock central, I should say. But the Dallas Cowboys at one and one. Uh, traveling up to take on the Seattle Seahawks at 2-0. and So Seattle's a four-and-a-half-point favorite right now. The total on this one's 56. Uh, how do you see our Cowboys faring um, against a Seahawks team that looks – I mean, Russell Wilson certainly has looked uh, every bit an NFL MVP this year, Butter. But uh, Cowboys and Seahawks, who do you like in this one? I like the Cowboys in a shootout. I think Dak Prescott and Russell Wilson will both have great games. Um, I think – you got Chris Carson, you got Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, both teams are going to try to run the ball. Both of them have playmakers at wide receiver. With the exception, I mean, for Sunday's game, this is the big game for Sunday, I think. Uh, Cowboys versus Seahawks. Uh, the big game for Monday is going to be the Chiefs versus the Ravens, which we'll talk about here in just a little bit. But I like the Cowboys to win the ball game, but I also like, I think it's going to go over 55, 56 points. So. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of leaning Cowboys as well, and so call, call me crazy here, but you know maybe that game against the Falcons that come from behind, you know, victory kind of spurs them on. Uh, in in the Seahawks, despite the fact that Russell Wilson's looked so good, you know, both of those wins have been relatively close, right? And so they've given up a lot of points, and so uh, I'm I'm kind of leaning Cowboys as well. Uh, you know, the line looks funny to me, but the total at 56 feels like that line should be a little bit higher. And I know 56 is a lot of points for an NFL line. Don't get me wrong. But um, I feel like Vegas is trying to bait, bait us into taking the over here. And so, I don't know. I might hedge towards the under just by a hair. You know, maybe a 28-27 uh, type of game, 28-24. We'll, we'll see what happens there. But I'm kind of leaning Cowboys as well. So, uh, the other big game uh, on Sunday night – uh, is that of the Green Bay Packers taking on the New Orleans Saints. So we mentioned it earlier, the Saints kind of dropped one um, somewhat surprisingly against the Raiders on Monday Night Football this past week. But they come back home, a battle of two great quarterbacks there, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Drew Brees, uh, down in New Orleans in the Superdome. New Orleans a three-point favorite right now, the total on this one, 52 and a half. Uh, who do you like in this one, Butter? Packers and Saints on Sunday Night Football. I like this uh, to be a high-scoring game as well. Um, I mean, you got Aaron Rodgers, which their offense has really, really looked really good. Um, you got Aaron Jones running the football. On the other side, you got uh, Drew Brees, uh, and then you've got uh, Kamara. The question, the question mark is: Is Michael Thomas going to play, or is he going to still be out? Um, I like the Saints in this ball game. I think it's uh, going to be a good bounce back game for them. Uh, I, I like them to cover. 
but I also think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I mean, because uh, neither one of them look like they've had that solid of a defense where it looks like they can shut anybody down. And both teams have really high-powered offenses. So, I mean, I, I like I said, I don't think it's going to be as an exciting for me as the Cowboys versus Seahawks game, but I think it's going to be a shootout as well. Yeah, that Packers offense has scored 40-plus points, I think, in, in the opening two weeks for sure. So you expect a lot of points in this one, and and I'm leaning that way as well. Again, in the Dome on a fast track. Um, I like the Saints to bounce back in this one, Butter. So I like the Saints to win this game, cover the spread, uh, get three points, so so not a big spread for sure. But I I, I just think I think the Saints, uh, I think they're the cream of the crop in the NFC South, and so I think they need this game a little bit more than the Packers, and, and I think uh, they'll bounce back after a tough loss uh, out in Las Vegas against the Raiders on Monday night. So so give me the Saints in this one. But, you know, obviously you, we've alluded to it and danced around it. The big game this weekend uh, is not really on the weekend. It's on Monday night, but it's – it's Chiefs and Ravens. Both teams 2-0. and Chiefs at the Ravens. Uh, Baltimore opens as a 3.5-point favorite right now. Or I shouldn't say opens, but the line currently is 3.5. Total in this one, 54.5. I think by most uh, experts' measures, Butter, the two best teams in the AFC, arguably the two best teams in the NFL, excited about this one on Monday night. I'm sure the, uh, the ratings will be really high given these two teams. But who do you like in this one? Chiefs and Ravens, uh, who, who's your pick? I like the Ravens in a close game after watching last weekend. I think the Chiefs are definitely beatable, uh, but I like the Ravens in this one. I think it's going to be a lot of fireworks, a lot of high scoring. I mean, uh, Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes. Um, I think both offenses are capable of putting up 50 points each. And like I said, I mean, I think it's just going to be a shootout. And whoever has the ball last is who I expect to win. I, I am leaning towards the Ravens uh, here uh, as well. So I, I, whether they cover that three and a half again, I think I think you're right. I think this is going to be a close game. I like both of these offenses to show out. Both I like both of both both quarterbacks to show out. Which we'll talk about that here in a moment. Whenever we make our fantasy picks for the week, but I'm with you. I lean towards the Ravens at home with all the eyeballs for Monday Night Football on that game. And again, I think the Ravens, you know, they're a little perturbed, right? So the Chiefs got them last year, uh, not in the playoffs per se, but uh, but you know, I think the Ravens think uh, that might. Have, uh, should have been their Super Bowl last year. Had just such a tremendous performance in the regular season, going fourteen and two and the number one overall seed. But uh, I think there's probably a little bit of chippiness, and, and you can kind of start to see uh, perhaps a budding rivalry between these two teams, right? Both of these quarterbacks so young, both of them super talented. You know, hopefully, as NFL fans, we're treated uh, to this rivalry for for the next ten years, uh, having these two quarterbacks square off and one, one uh, against one another uh, during the regular season, and then hopefully a couple of playoffs as well. But uh, looking forward to that one on Monday night for sure. So. Well, Butter, you know, the biggest thing now is that we have to look ahead and make some fantasy picks for this weekend. Uh, week week three, fantasy picks. Uh, you know, a quick look back and super quick because we're up against it on time here, but uh, you kicked my butt on fantasy picks uh, for, for week two, Butter. So you had Dak Prescott and Josh Allen at quarterback. Both those guys, I think they were the two highest yardage uh, performers at quarterback for sure. Dalvin Cook uh, was a decent pick at running back. Uh, Jonathan Taylor was was a good pick for me at running back uh, last week. 100 yards and a touchdown. Amari Cooper uh, had over 100 yards receiving for the Cowboys. But overall, you you got me, I think. So you had Greg Zerline uh, as your kicker, and uh, obviously he kicked the game winner uh, for the Cowboys uh, against the Falcons as well. So so decent picks there. We 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 both had Emmanuel Sanders, and you referred to it Push. earlier. We 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 whiffed on that one. Uh, he didn't really show up on Monday night uh, uh, for sure. Uh, but um, but your two quarterback picks were enough to kind of uh, wax me in week two, butter. But I'm gonna see if I can't get uh, get even with you uh, this week. And I'm gonna start with quarterback. Um, and my two picks are the Monday night uh, football quarterbacks. Give me both Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Again, I think these two guys show out. Uh, on Monday Night Football, I like them to put up a lot of stats, a lot of yards. Uh, uh, they're they're going to be involved in the touchdowns for sure, whether it be running or throwing. Um, I like both Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson in the same game on Monday Night Football. I like there to be a lot of points and yards in this one. So give me those two guys as my quarterbacks uh, for week three. But who's your two quarterbacks this week, Butter? I'm going to go with Dak Prescott and Lamar Jackson. The last four games that we talked about, you know, I mean – Texans versus Steelers, the Cowboys versus Seahawks, Packers versus the Saints, and the Chiefs versus the Ravens. You could pick any of the quarterbacks in any of the, those games and put them on this put them on this list. I mean, it, it's going to be a, a definitely an exciting week of football 
for quarterback play. Uh, like I said, I, th- I expect all those games to be high scoring. And um, like I said, I mean, I, Dak Prescott, uh, he hadn't let me down for, through the first two weeks. I mean, he's on my fantasy football team, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep – uh, mentioning his name as long as he has good matchups and as long as he keeps producing. Uh, Lamar Jackson, on the other hand, too, I mean, it's going to be a high-scoring affair on all the – like the, the Chiefs versus the Ravens. So, I mean, I expect both quarterbacks to have great games. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm super excited for that Chiefs-Ravens game. That That's definitely the highlight uh, of the NFL uh, action in week three for sure. So that's going to be fun to watch. Well, well, Butter, let, let's let's talk running backs, man. So who are your two running back picks uh, for week three? Uh, guys that are going to tote the rock, get a bunch of yards, 100 yards and a touchdown perhaps. But who are your two picks at running back for week three? Um, I like Miles Sanders and I like Dalvin Cook. Uh, like I said like I said earlier, I mean, in order for the Eagles to win this ball game, I mean, they're going to have to have a strong performance from Sanders. They're going to have to be able to run the ball. Uh, as far as Dalvin Cook, like I said, I expect the the Vikings to run the ball, which is uh, is what they're good at. So, I mean, I expect uh, Miles Sanders and Dalvin Cook to have really good rushing performances this week. Yeah, we didn't talk about that Vikings game. Uh, Tim obviously talked about, you know, maybe Coach Zimmer being on the hot seat and being 0-2, but they, they host the Titans at 2-0, and and you got to think that might be a must-win for the Vikings there. So, yeah, you might as well turn around. Uh, feed uh, feed Dalvin Cook, uh, you're, you're, you're one of your best offensive weapons uh, for sure. So you would expect him to get a lot of touches on Sunday as well. Well, my, my two running backs, Butter, are Aaron Jones from the Packers and uh, Austin uh, Ekeler from the Chargers. And so I like um, – I like Jones and the Packers. He's he's had two solid performances uh, in week one and week two. A lot of touchdowns, a lot of yards, 234 yards and three touchdowns through the first two weeks. And, again, I, I like him on that fast track uh, down in New Orleans against the Saints. I like the Saints to win that game, but I like uh, uh, Jones to have a good performance in that one. And then uh, uh, give me Ekeler against the char- or for the Chargers against the Panthers. So the Panthers are going to go cross-country. They're 0-2. They're beat up, right? They just lost their best player in Christian McCaffrey to a high ankle sprain. Um, I like, you know, it sounds like, you know, Herbert may get the start again this weekend, given that that crazy uh, uh, punctured lung injury for for uh, uh, Tyrod Taylor. And so, uh, rookie quarterback's best friend is a turnaround, hand it off to your stud running back. And so, I like uh, Austin to have a big game this weekend uh, against against the Panthers. But those are my two picks at running back. But let's uh, move into wide receiver, Butter. Who are your two picks at wide receiver for this weekend? Uh, I like DeAndre Hopkins, and I like Mike Evans. Uh, like I said, I think the Cardinals' offense, I mean – They've got Kyler Murray. Um, they've also they also have Kenyon Drake, which uh, I mean he's a good 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 running back as well. Uh, I think DeAndre Hopkins is having a is going to have a solid year. Like I said, that's going to be a a great pickup and a great addition uh, for the Cardinals. Like I said, he's a talented playmaker. I also like Mike Evans um, with Godwin still being sidelined. Um, He's the number one uh, receiver in that offense. And like I said, Tom Brady is definitely capable of getting him the ball. I mean, he looked um, a lot better this past weekend throwing the ball. I mean, he didn't have as many turnovers. And so, like I said, I like uh, Mike Evans can create separation. Um, So, I mean, I, I like him in his matchup. Well, give me DK Metcalf of the Seahawks against our Cowboys uh, on Sunday afternoon, Butter, and then also Julian Edelman, Edelman of the Patriots. Um, you know, Seahawks obviously host the Cowboys. I mean, I, I think what Metcalf has done through the first two weeks, you know, roughly 100, almost 200 yards receiving and two touchdowns uh, through the first two weeks, and we saw what the Cowboys gave up um, against uh, that, that vaunted Falcons offense uh, Sunday, uh, although the Cowboys were able to get the win. Um, I think that Cowboys secondary can kind of be got at right now, to be honest with you. And so I like Russell Wilson uh, to DK Metcalf, certainly for at least one touchdown. Hopefully, no more, no more than one as a Cowboys fan. <laughs> but we'll we'll see what happens there. And then you know, give me a, a Edelman a wide receiver for the Patriots. Um, I like what I saw from Cam Newton in a losing effort on Sunday night, butter. So I, I think um, he showed a little pop in the arm and in, in the ability to throw the ball a little bit more than maybe what I was even anticipating. Um, certainly more than what he showed in Week One against the Dolphins. Team and went again. They didn't need to show that much against the Dolphins, but uh, pulled a little bit more out of the offensive playback against the Seahawks on Sunday night. And so um, I think there's a little game to him, right? And so Edelman hadn't gotten the end zone yet, although um, he's averaging 118 yards receiving per game right now. But um, I think this week against the Raiders, again, Raiders West Coast team. 
you know, making that co- uh, trip across the East Coast and you know, maybe a little sleepy, um, getting uh, getting off to an early start there, a noon kickoff Central Time um, for the uh, Raiders and Patriots. But I like Edelman as my other wide receiver pick uh, for Week Three this week, Butter. But talk about a tight end. I mean, you know, we we've got the same guy, Butter. I'll let you talk about him. But uh, who's our pick at tight end this week? I like Travis Kelsey, definitely around the end zone. That's Patrick Mahomes likes to target him. Um, he's capable of putting up wide receiver numbers. He gets a lot of touches, I mean, especially in the in the red zone. And I mean, he can make uh he can make plays just like a wide receiver. So I mean, I, I like Travis Kelsey in the matchup. I think he's he's gonna have a, a great game versus uh the Ravens. I mean, in a high scoring affair. So I mean I think I think he's a safe, reliable pick and option this week. Yep, couldn't have said it better myself, Butter. So I'll I'll move down to my flex pick for the week, Butter, and I'll go with David Montgomery, the running back for the Bears. I uh, the Bears travel down to Atlanta, and we talked a lot about Atlanta thus far um, uh, through this pod. But um, I, I think the Bears, you know, again that that Falcons uh, defense can be got at a little bit. And so I think the Bears will continue to kind of try to pound the ball, limit uh, Trubisky's touches, and, and you know, try to not let him lose the game. And so uh, I like him on that fast track in the Dome down at Atlanta. I like him to get a lot of touches, uh, probably score a touchdown, maybe get close to 100 yards, uh, despite the fact that, you know, Atlanta, they're, they're in a must-win situation there, and they probably need to win that game. But I like Montgomery to get touches. I like him to put up yards, and he's my flex pick for this week. But who's, who's going to be your flex pick this week, Butter? I like Kenyon Drake with the Cardinals. Um, like I said, David Montgomery, go back to him. I mean, uh, I think he had 136 or 146 yards last week, and he was actually – I think he missed the first the first game because I think he was dealing with some nagging injury. Um, but <clears throat> I, I like uh, Kenyon Drake versus the Lions. You know, I mean, we talked about Matt Patricia uh, with the Lions. I mean, definitely not the defense that he had uh, with the Patriots. Uh, I think that Kyler Murray is going to be able to move the ball, uh, whether that be running or throwing it. Uh, Kenyon Drake, I mean, he's a uh, he's a solid runner, and he can catch uh, passes out of the backfield. And I mean, I think he's in for a big game. Well, heading down to the uh, the kicker line here, Butter. Again, we're we're taking that same game, that Monday night football game. Although we're on opposite ends uh, of the uh, of the kicking spectrum here, but I like Justin Tucker for the Ravens, uh, and you like Harrison Butker, uh, kicker for the Chiefs. Again, I, I think I think we both expect a lot of points in this one. You know, maybe a few field goals here and there, but probably a lot of extra points. And and perhaps the game comes down to a field goal at the very it end. Could as well. come down yeah. to either one of these. Uh, and, guys. And, and you got two good guys for sure. So you can't go wrong with either one of these guys at, at kicker. And so Tucker for me with the Ravens, Butker for you for the Chiefs, uh, who just won a game this past weekend. So we'll see if he can do it again on Monday night. But you know, jumping ahead to defenses, Butter, who's your pick to have a good defensive performance this weekend for fantasy purposes? I mean, I like the Colts versus the Jets. Uh, like I said, the, the Jets have kind of had the the injury bug. The Jets just really look terrible. I mean, so there's no way to put it. Uh, so I expect uh, the Colts to to win this to win this ball game. I expect the Colts to uh, to to stop the Jets. I mean, like I said, they there's no telling what injuries they're going to have. Uh, I, I know Bell was out last week. Uh, Crowder was out. Uh, who knows if those guys play this week? Uh, got a young quarterback who really has not uh, found his identity as a as an NFL quarterback. I think the Colts dominate this game. I I expect them to to get after uh, Sam Darnold and create a lot of turnovers and uh, to, like I said to 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 dominate this ball game. No, I like that pick and I, I agree with that assessment as well. Well, give me. Kind of a surprise hit pick here, Butter, on defense, but give me the New York Giants as my defense hosting the San Francisco 49ers. Again, we alluded to it a couple of times already. 49ers, a West Coast team. They're traveling to the East Coast, a noon kickoff, early kickoff. Sometimes there's a little bit of a uh, – takes a moment for those uh, West Coast teams to kind of wake up on that one. But you know, we talked about all the injuries that both of these teams have suffered. You know, obviously Saquon Barkley – uh, for the Giants, but you know Garoppolo and Bosa, uh, Mostert, you know a bunch of injuries on offense uh, in particular for the 49ers. Not sure if Garoppolo is going to get the start. Is it going to be backup Nick Mullins? Um, I like the Giants, a sneaky Giants pick here to win this game straight up, Butter. So I think they avoid the 0 and 3 start. Give me the Giants to win this game. The total on this one is 41 right now. So Vegas uh, thinks it's going to be a low scoring game as well. I like the Giants defense. 
uh, to step up and have a good performance against a wounded um, and, and battered uh, 49ers offense this week. So so sneaky pick here. Give me the Giants defense in this one. Man, let me tell you who I'm most excited about, who you picked on your team for this Tell week. Me. David Montgomery of the Bears. <laughs> well, I'm hoping he makes me look good because my flex pick last week, uh, Jamison Crowder, didn't even play in the damn game after I uh, we, we posted this podcast. Again, I missed that report right before we were recording. So uh, hopefully I make amends uh, for, a, for a terrible pick uh, as my flex guy last week, Butter. But, uh, well, man, finishing thoughts here on week three of the NFL or our projections for week three of the NFL, Butter. Excited about any any of the games in, in particular or just closing thoughts before we wrap up this pod, Bud? Man, I mean, like I said, I, I'm most excited about the Cowboys and the Seahawks. I mean, um, I think the Cowboys go in and win this game. Uh, the, the last four games, I mean, it's going to be the afternoon games uh, as well as the evening games as well as Monday Night Football uh, are all four going to be marquee matchups. I mean, uh, they're all going to be games that I'm going to be really closely watching because, like I said they're, earlier, there's four games that have eight quarterbacks that you could put on your fantasy football team and and pick them as your quarterback for the uh, the week. So, I mean, like I said, I think the games are going to be really, really high scoring. I think they're going to be a lot of fireworks, and I think it's going to be really, really entertaining. I'm looking forward to that one as well. But I might, might head up to Chalk and watch that uh, that Sunday afternoon game uh, with Ben and Chad and the guys up at Chalk and uh, catch that game up there. So, well, Butterball, you know, I think that covers it for week three, man. So, as always, all that's left to do is to watch the games and see what happens. And so, for our listeners out there, Butter, they can follow you on Twitter at Jeremy underscore Van Curen, right? And that's uh, yes, Van Curen's all one word, V-A-N-C-U-R-E-N, uh, or a.k.a. the Fantasy Fessional, right? Professional. Professional, without the pro. Uh, well, I appreciate you being in studio, as always, brother. I look forward to next week and enjoy this one. And while this will wrap it up for this episode, the conversation doesn't end here, gang. To keep it going and to also keep up with everything we're doing over at the Sports Pros Network, check us out at fantasysportspros.com or on Twitter at sports underscore pros. And again, remember, that's pros with an E, P-R-O-S-E. And again, before we sign off, big shout out to our friends at Spray Can Creative, uh, uh, Ashley and Patrick McClung. They did a great job designing the website. Great job helping us with the podcast infrastructure. Can't thank those uh, two enough. Thanks, guys. Yep, they've done a great job and uh, love working with them. I've known them for a long time, and they do great work. So, well, again, gang, enjoy the games this weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Take care, everyone.